let's quickly get into uh, our cigar for today. Um, another uh, entry into our 50th anniversary line, we have the Rocky Patel ALR 2nd Edition. ALR stands for Age Limited and Rare. It's a Nicaraguan filler and binder on top of a Mexico topped by a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. Um, what's unique about these now, obviously tobacco on all premium cigars uh, is aged for however amount of time they choose to age it. Um, six months is kind of like the minimum, I, I, at least for something really good. But what's unique about this is not only is the tobacco aged separately. So usually the cigars, the tobacco is aged and it's rolled and then maybe they let it sit for a few months. Um, he actually lets these cigars sit rolled for an additional two years. What does that do? So that lets the tobaccos like come together and co-mingle a little bit better. Rough, like, smooth out some of the rough edges that you would get. Because don't forget, you want the combination of flavors you're going to get from filler and binder and wrapper. But sometimes they are very distinct and they don't mingle as well mm-hmm. when it's like really fresh. So even if the, t- the tobacco is aged separately, if you roll it and then just start like smoking it within like a month or so, it's not as good of an experience. But when the cigars are actually rolled and then you let them sit in an aging room, let those tobacco flavors kind of mesh a little bit better and it just seems a little more cohesive. The flavor transitions are a little bit uh, more apparent and they kind of like smoother transitions doesn't go from like a big hit of pepper to a big hit of chocolate like that. It kind of just is a nice, more smooth transition. Um, and I, I, I don't know how many other cigars do this. I know Padron probably does it. Um, you know, like, like extensive aging after the rolling portion. Um, but this is one of the first ones that I like actively know who does it. Like it's part of the story. And I got to say, it's by far my favorite Rocky Patel. When in the aging process, I guess, is it pre-rolled? Like, is that when that aging process really happens? Like when it says, oh, it's aged two to four years, is it when it's like in a curing barn or? No, so the curing and fermentation is different from aging. All right. Um, like fermentation is what needs to happen to make you make the tobacco like smokable. And that's where you get the color change from like the green leaves to the right. brown. And if you're turning something into Maduro or what have you, um, anything that, you know, when, when tobacco is ba- barrel, it, like the aging part is different. The aging part is kind of, you're, you're just going to start, like I said, smoothing out those edges of it, refine the tobacco a little bit more, let it settle. Um, generally, most of the aging, as far as I know, and I could be wrong about this, but from what I've seen, most of the aging is done on the, just the tobacco. So Perdomo barrel aged, for example, that's like the tobacco is put into a barrel. Like just tobacco leaves are put into a barrel. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That, I don't, I don't see that. Like, you know, when cigars are rolled, they are, they do let them sit for a while in an aging room, but to make a full line of cigars rolled and like ready to go and then let them sit for two years. That's kind of rare. It's, I guess no one's really talked. It's never been a part of a big yeah. story except for Padron. I'm sure I know Padron, their aging process is very extensive, but I just don't know if they do it after or before the cigar is rolled. Um, I'm, I'm just not sure. I just want to preface something. I'm going to have a lot of stupid novice questions. So Dude, if you're I don't like, have a lot of stupid novice answers. I'm, not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just saying I'm like, not in any way cause an it's expert just, on this it's very, you know, when, like, I guess I like to compare it to, I guess, you go to a brewery or, like, you know, how people make wine or, or things of that nature. Just, like, the process of it is just so interesting, you know? Like, I, for some reason, I I should know, but, like, the difference between, like, a curing barn and then, like, I guess, like, an aging room. It's just so interesting. Like, like so let's say a cigar that comes out this year, would it 
have been made this year or would it have, was it made last year? When you say made, you mean role? I guess like the process of it and I always hate to compare it to like a movie but like if I'm doing pre-production now most likely the movie will come out in September of next year or like well, May it, it, of it, next year. It really year. depends on on what you define as pre-production. Sometimes people will grow certain seeds, age them, you know, ferment them, age them and then start playing with a blend and okay. perhaps even after they come up with that blend it needs further aging. I want to say for a good premium cigar, it, it probably takes at least a year to to really get it going. Um, unless it's one of those things where you have a factory and you stumble upon tobacco that's been aged and you just want to play around with it, then you know. And, and that's not even including like production of boxes and creative and all that. Um, but at, at minimum, I want to say a year and that's if like the tobacco is readily available. So like a Las Calaveras or another limited edition cigar that comes out every year, like, are they now already starting the process of the 2022 one? Something like that might be a little different because it's a collaboration. So I would, I would assume, and, and, you know, we can talk to John next time we, 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 uh, interview him. Maybe he can explain a little better. What I would assume is that because my father has a lot of different tobaccos like available because they just grow and they'll age and put stuff away that they're not necessarily like like using right now. Most big factories will do that. He goes there with an idea in mind. He'll work on a bunch of different blends with my father, but it's tobacco that they already kind of have available and then they'll let them sit for, you know, then they'll roll it, let it sit for a few months and then, and then release it. I think that's what happens. So do not quote me or Mm -hmm. tell me, Oh, you're wrong. I don't know. I'm not sure. I've never been involved in that aspect. Um, but, you know, for a lot of these collaborations we've done, for example, like the Mother Church, they had that tobacco. It was aged. It was ready to go. Yeah. They didn't know what they wanted to do with it yet. And then we, we, you know, when I kind of gave John, like, here's the profile I kind of want to I want to aim for, he knew what tobacco, like, was available at Tobacco Lair Picardo, and, like, that's kind of what they went for. Now, if you have – if you're a manufacturer and you have an idea for a blend – but you don't have that tobacco like ready yet. You're probably talking at least, at least two to three, like two years. Is because that where collaboration from, comes into play? Like if someone would reach out to like an AJ or like you, yeah. like oh, do you have this particular tobacco that could obviously speed up the process, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, that, and that's right. even tobacco brokers. Um, not Oliva cigars, but the Oliva Tobacco is a, a tobacco broker. So, um, they have one of their facilities with their sorting facilities in Nicaragua. I got to tour it. They're basically like anybody who needs Ecuadorian wrapper goes through them. Okay. They, they're they're the they're they don't make cigars. I don't really I don't know if they have field like where else they have fields. They might have some in Connecticut. They might have some in Nicaragua. I definitely know that. Um, they're like they they, they uh, I think they have them in Connecticut, but they are the go to like tobacco broker. So Nick Perdomo grows all of his own stuff, um, in Nicaragua except for Connecticut. Okay. Which I believe he procures through them. Are there? What are, I never even heard of tobacco brokers. Are there more that you could like, or um, not really? And sometimes it's not necessarily. I, I, they're one of the more famous ones. Like that's their sole duty. But in terms of like getting tobacco from different people, I mean, there's certain families that own farms in Connecticut. People will go to AJ for a lot of stuff because yeah. he has such an extensive operation. Um. I'm pretty sure the Turrent family in Mexico is really like the go-to for any kind of San Andreas. I okay. think. Again, don't quote me on it. So you're saying think, mainly like guys like Nick and John, they are in the fields picking and picking the certain tobaccos, growing them, right? 
or like that's no, a di- no? No. All right. No. Um, they're they they know the like the the tobacco as well, and they they can you know make their way around a factory, and they know how to cool. pick for different blends. But I don't I don't necessarily think John is in the field. Gotcha. Like, planting. It's different with yeah. each company. Yeah. Now Nick, when Nick was at Drew Estate. That's definitely what he was, was his doing job. because Drew Estate had that it was their facilities, it was their farms and their fa- he was the factory manager gotcha. and like their master blender for a while. Um, but now, now I'll, I'll, there's some of these guys, um, and John had a great post on Instagram the other day about how he's sees himself more like a Jay Z, and then he finds somebody like the the Pharrell or somebody who's yeah. like has the bounce. I think it was. Um, but then there's guy, you know, so he he knows like he knows a lot about tobacco, but he does not quantify himself as like a, like an expert in mm-hmm. it um people like nick or dion they're a little more hands-on uh steve Saka, like they'll go and like to nicaragua for like several months to like work on on their stuff it's commitment man um it is it is john just like he 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 knows a good blend when he sees it and he kind of like partners with the top people that he trusts like he trusts tobacco picardo where he'll he'll have the idea for the song and be like, send me up a few different things, and then he'll he'll test through them. He'll and he's like, ah, oh, no, can you bring like kind of maybe the rapper from this one with some of this stuff? Gotcha. So he, he's 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 like that. Um, but again, John knows more about tobacco than uh, he he's forgotten more than I'll ever remember. <laughs> he'll even admit there's ten thousand guys above him. It's a never ending. That's cycle. great. Yeah, you know, there's, that, there's always somebody who knows more. I guess that's how the the game or the industry works. You know. Yeah. You kind of have to look at people before you and what they brought to the table, you know. Um, and I, I know you guys will get used to it. I always do refer things to movies, but for people to say like, "Oh, I don't like," "Oh, I don't really know if I like older movies," that like I always say like, you know, if you don't like Hitchcock, he's he invented, in my opinion, suspense. I'm gonna say so. this, and this I, this is not controversial at all, though it mm-hmm. might sound like it. People who don't like older movies are dumb. Yeah. They're just dumb. They don't have the attention span. And I'm not saying like you have to like some 1940s like super long kind of boring Clark Gable thing. Yeah. But yeah. if you don't like you know 12 Angry Men or Lawrence of Arabia or or these kind of films like like and you consider yourself like you know if you're not into movies like that's fine. Yeah. But if you consider yourself like like a film person, a film nerd, a buff, a yeah. film nerd, and you only like you know Marvel like it's got to have a bunch of bright lights and nonsense going on, and you can't appreciate the cinematography in Lawrence of Arabia, then like. Then you're dumb. No, we're not like, having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it kind of seems like it's, you know, it's the modesty in this industry is kind of unreal because there's not a lot of modesty in in the independent film world. You know, if people think that they are the greatest, they're going to let you know. You know, I but feel like, like a lot of times you have to like feel like you're the greatest, especially in an industry like that. But I don't know, man. I got my own feelings about Hollywood and how those people. Oh yeah, think, yeah. They're you know, but it's it's complicated. Like I'm a big supporter of Scarlett Johansson's like fight against Disney, but on the other hand, like you're she really, made twenty five million dollars. Yeah, you're really movie. biting the hand that uh, has fed you for almost a decade. No, but here's the thing: they did screw her, and I and I I am a big anti like putting this stuff right to streaming. So like I'm I'm in it for I the agree. fight. Um. And and. Well, listen, it's just different levels, you know, and you so you can't put yourself in their shoes when they're like, oh, we're fighting for like artists' rights. We might see that as being like cocky, you know, like, oh, you made $25 million off this movie. How much? Yeah. Listen, I, uh, I know how much work goes into like that kind of stuff. I know that, you know, Dave Batista has to sit in makeup, 
you know, eight hours a day and then film for nine hours. I know when they zip up Black Widow in that costume, it's horrible just to do it for 12 hours a day. So it's it's not easy. So you really have to take the actual amount of money out of it and be like, hey, listen, we had a contract. They screwed me out of it. And it's I don't I don't think Disney was the hand that feeds them. I think this talent is is feeding Disney right now. Yeah. And and just pumping money into those the places. way they casted those movies were just perfect. I I am a big streaming guy, and if you want to make stuff just for streaming, that's fine. That's the route you want to go. But I am definitely of the Dennis, not even how I pronounce it, Vanilla Villeneuve, Villeneuve. Uh, his school were like, you know, do not put Dune. Like, you should not watch this on Netflix or HBO Max. Yeah, you should be like, I. Well, it's kind of like Nolan with yeah. like he uh, laughs, and I can't, and they like they let him go. Like that's how much these guys are like standing their ground on this stupid idea of yeah, of this directive streaming, is, yeah. where you let. Christopher Nolan go like you you didn't like try to like hey no man let's make a deal Disney's gonna let Scarlett Johansson go now I just hope that other actors obviously if you're in a contract you're in a contract but I hope if they're like oh we're gonna recast Black Widow as somebody else I hope those actresses are more like no like I'm not gonna just gonna take Scarlett Johansson's spot because you guys screwed her over yeah yeah no I I so it's definitely a weird world we're living in because if someone comes to you and is like, "Hey, we'll pay you twenty million to do, or twenty five million to do, like, or maybe even more money, but we're gonna pay you like a six figure deal to do like eight movies for Netflix," who says no to that, right? Yeah, I mean, and listen, we we don't know the after effects of these of these movies yet. To be honest, one of the few people that I've seen that's like having a very very successful career. Outside of these is Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Between, like, obviously he's known for Loki, but then he did, like, The Night Manager. Like, he's, I'm trying to, like, Robert Downey Jr. has not done great outside of Marvel recently. Um, the, Sherlock Holmes movie, the, Sherlock, the Sherlock Holmes movies were good. But what has Benedict Cumberbatch done He did the since? imitation game. Or was that before? Was that before? It was like a right around the same time. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, Chris Hemsworth. He's done movies I, I've liked. I've liked. Yeah, Tom Holland did The Devil all the time, but he's known honestly for out Spider-Man. of out of I because I, I was looking right, into Tom, Tom Holland. Out of like five of his movies that he's done since Spider Man, I know like one of them, the one he did with I think Andrew Garfield might have been in it, or somebody else famous was in it. I think it might have been The Devil. Yeah, whatever. Robert Pattinson. Yeah. yeah, Robert Pattinson was in it. That one got good reviews. The other movies he's he's done have gotten very bad reviews, and not because they all praise his acting, but he hasn't chosen really great projects. Um, I'm you know, Chris Evans had like a supporting role in Knives Out, which was yeah. kind of cool, but otherwise, what's he really Scarlett done? Scarlett Johansson. What and, is she? But Tom, like, well, she's she was nominated for Jojo Rabbit and A Marriage Story, but she's yeah. been in some other stuff. You're right, but um. Loki, the guy who played Loki, you were saying Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston, there's too many Toms. Um, he's yeah, yeah, he's done a lot. Like Mark Ruffalo has done yeah. a series, but yeah, they're not. I guess, I guess Chris um, Hemsworth. No, the other one, Pratt. Chris Pratt. There, now there were some guys who had like some star power going in. The only thing that, I, and I like Chris Hemsworth. The only thing I knew him from going into Thor. Was he played Captain Kirk's dad in, in like yep. the beginning yeah. of the new Star Trek? Five movie. minutes of it, and he now he's done real like he's done Cabin in the Woods, which was mm-hmm. really great. But like 
Would, you say, would, would, you, would you say that's a Chris Hemsworth movie? No. 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 That's he's, a Josh Whedon yeah, he's movie. He's done in my opinion. Um, the really, I like the really the one he did on Netflix. Uh, oh, with the Russo brothers. Yeah. He, that was really good, but like not a career defining movie. Um, obviously, Robert Downey Jr. just had problems like kind of. Do it, Doctor Doolittle was terrible. Yeah, uh, I, he did some movie called like The Judge with Robert Duvall. Yeah, like, that wasn't. Yeah, really I good. don't. I don't. So that's what I'm wondering if like he's ever going to come back. He says he's not, or maybe he's just going to sit on his money. But like, man, he can sit on his money. But he he is talented, you know. And even Ryan Reynolds, now that he's like Deadpool, like I I really liked Free Guy. I saw Free Guy, but. He's just like my roommate yeah. is enamored with Ryan Reynolds, and I'm like, yeah, but he's just Ryan Reynolds all the time. Did you hear what Gerard Butler said? He said he doesn't like. Yeah, he's like, I don't even know what the hell free guy is. Yeah, why does he not? Do they have like a beef or something? I don't know. Was he joking? Maybe it was like a joke. Maybe it's a. It was a written article, so it's something like where you don't really know. I yeah. didn't hear the audio of it, but I I really like him. But like, if he's even when he was in, he had a cameo in one of the Fast and the Furious movies. The 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 Hobbs and Shaw movie, he was just Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. He was in that stupid Michael Bay movie on Netflix that Greg loved. Six Underground. Six Underground. He was just Ryan Reynolds. And like, I think that like Ryan Reynolds is great as Ryan Reynolds and he's really funny. I think Deadpool is one of the greatest adaptations of, of comic book work ever. But like, he's not going to win an Oscar for just being Ryan Reynolds all the time. Now he just wants to be Ryan Reynolds and make these fun action or fun movies where he gets to be a little sassy and whatever like good but yeah i wonder who if i really wonder what like an actor like the rock ryan reynolds i would be uh, like if they if their goal is to win an oscar like i feel like I, I was gonna about to say hugh jackman but hugh jackman has done some stuff since leaving logan or leaving x-men and marvel oh, yeah, he's done a lot where he's like that movie bad education and he just yeah. did this other movie that's out that i hear is actually really good you know, he did uh, Prisoners, which was phenomenal. Yeah, which I think so, that was Dennis... That vi- I, Villeneuve, I'm going to call him, yeah. yeah. He, but and Del- Dennis Villeneuve said that Marvel movies are cut, cut, like, cut copy, paste movies. and Which is like, a lot of it is, yeah, and that's fine. Like, I, I, I enjoy them. I really mm-hmm. do. I'm a big Marvel head. And like, you, you can keep making that kind of movie with new actors and like cool stuff. And, like, and I'll, I will keep watching them forever. Uh, but it just seems like... You know, it seems like it seems like the directors are getting a nice like a lot of these directors who you've never heard of are getting opportunities. Are are getting like an opportunity. Like the Russo brothers are now the biggest directors in the world. It's so funny. James Gunn. It's so funny seeing, like rewatching, like we're rewatching Sopranos and John Favreau's in it for two episodes, and then like he was on Friends, and like you know he was the butt of the joke in kind of Sopranos about swingers, and now he single handedly people are saying saved Star Wars. And have kept Marvel like going yeah. with, so and you know he did Lion King like he's had a hell of a run in the last two years. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, like Marvel and Disney are giving people opportunities to flourish and like kind of revive their career. Like I say, revive just because Robert Downey Jr. Right. Well, see, it, it, it <laughs> depends know? what department of Disney. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna clarify. Kevin Feige is yeah. letting people do his thing, and then whoever got John Favreau the job for Mandalorian and that stuff is. I know that Kathleen Kennedy has been an absolute nightmare for the movies yeah. and she like has like has gone through so many directors that have gotten fired mid project. Like dude, Ron Howard ended up finishing up the solo movie. Like I love Ron Howard, but like, like oh, that, man, that movie was, it was okay. Like I actually it was, didn't hate well, it. I didn't mind it. 
but for all the bullshit like that went into it apparently like all the problems and firing and then rehiring yeah. him that's not easy no and then for it to come out as it did like it was entertaining but yeah. going back to what you said like i think marvel i think there's different movies you go see you go see a free guy you go see a marvel movie that is like a movie you go to escape right if i want to watch a movie where like i'm going to have to think or have to it's going to be intense or this and that i may not want to go see it like I may not want to go to the movies to go see something where I'm like, oh, this is super no, depressing. No, no, no. I, <laughs> like, I like, I like a, I if I'm going to the movies and I go to the movies a lot, yeah. I want to see a blockbuster. Yeah, which exactly. is which is, but that's why Black Widow should have just been in theaters. I agree. And you know, and then there was like this controversy that the the latest Marvel movie, what is I, I I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation, Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. Yeah, they decided not to do it on streaming. So it's like, so what? Well, Make you, up your mind. Yeah, like so you're gonna screw over Scarlett Johansson, but not this new guy who like yeah. not a lot of people have heard of. Yeah. Um, but I I think that was because the Chinese market. If if from what I've read, like in Probably. the Wall Street Journal, um, was the director Chinese as well? I don't know. I um I think so. Probably they're really trying to, which is like I get they're trying to. I don't think you need to have, like, when it's a movie about a female or a movie about like a certain race or culture. I don't necessarily think you need the director to be of that race or culture. But I think you need like a top advisor so you don't get it wrong. Yeah. I think you need somebody, a writer, a writer, yeah. somebody in there at a top level whose opinion yeah. holds sway. Don't just like if you're making a Wonder Woman movie and you have a guy director and a guy writer. Don't just have like some girl there. Like, oh yeah, she's our girl advisor. Yeah, like oh yeah, Patty sure. Jenkins was you know. Well, yeah, she's only batting five hundred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God damn, that movie was so freaking bad. It was I, so. But she said, but bad. it goes back to streaming. She said that it was it just no, failed. No, yeah. no, you no. No, I'm sorry. That no, no. I didn't I will, like it. But I, I will yeah. say that that movie had the the bad parts of that. I uh, this is that movie is one of the worst comic book movies I've seen probably in the past since years? since since Marvel started. Okay. Because wow, everything really? everything about it was bad. When you look at a Batman v Superman, um, Justice League, those are also very bad. But Batman v Superman is anchored by a a great Gal Gadot performance in Batman yeah. v Superman, a great Ben Affleck performance, a great Henry Cavill performance. Shitty Jesse Eisenberg, that's a whole other thing. But you have great performances in that movie. Justice someone- League, Snyder Cut was, was, I actually think, very good. I think the Snyder yeah. Cut was very good. Nobody was good in Wonder Woman 1984. Even Gal Gadot, like I, I think she probably didn't even get what was going on, and so she kind of half-assed it. Pedro Pascal said he was yeah. he started doing a Nicolas Cage impersonation, and they never told him to rein it in. Um, the plot made no sense. What about Kristen Wiig? She was okay. They didn't give her enough. Like like what they gave her, she did fine with. I like Kristen Wiig, but her thing was all like weird, like. And then all of a sudden she's just a cheetah at the end because she like wished hard. the whole thing with the wishes was it was just it was Stupid. very it was very very bad. I have a question about this, and if you've said it already, just tell me to shut up. What was the process of? I knew that was coming. Yeah, that's what she said. Oh, um, Greg, what was the pro like? What was the process of reaching out to Rocky and being like, hey, like I know every story is different. Like you know, like you said. So this one, I I wasn't too much involved in this one. Um, what I'm what I'm thinking is because you know we we this is the only one that we don't have like either a new size or a new blend of something, um, but what I think happened is that you know this is one of the, you know this is a number five cigar of the year it's ninety four rated um, it's definitely my favorite Rocky Patel mm-hmm. um, by 
by a country mile. And this, I like Rocky. This came but out like this, in 2019? Yeah, I, was at yeah. The, I remember me and Greg were at the trade show when this okay, was Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that we wanted to do something with this, but because you know Limited is actually in the name and we know how limited they are, that I think they were they were kind of like, hey, listen, we can't like we don't even we don't have the tobacco available to make a new size of it or whatever. So this is the same Toro size that's okay. out there. Did you say how many boxes of this were there? Five hundred. Okay, All but right. these are in boxes. Of, you know, this is and this is an expensive cigar. Yeah, it's you know? boxes of ten, right? Yeah so, yeah. so what we did do is we got them in boxes of ten instead of the normal boxes of twenty, make it a little more accessible to everybody. Um, and they have the the you know custom JR fiftieth you know on the box and on the bands, um, you know on the on the body bands that these have. Um, but these are like they're very popular regardless. Yeah. So you know we didn't necessarily need a new size to kind of like make this one pop. But yeah, just just because of the actual availability of the cigar and the tobacco, they were they were basically like, listen, we can we can do this for you, um, but it, it it wouldn't have made sense for them. Like they just didn't mm-hmm. have the, the the quantities to make us a new size or anything. And at the rate we sell we sold these when they first came out, and the rate that they still sell, like we don't need a, an extra bump, yeah, um, except for having them in the more affordable box. And contrary to popular belief, um, from what we've seen on YouTube, I like your mixture of bigger companies versus more like smaller companies doing the 50th you're showing love to everyone you know you've done yeah. aliva last time yeah. now rocky patel but you've done like a foundation you've done you know you've done Listen, smaller that- companies and i think that's a good mixture like in you know you said to the guy this isn't nick's 50th yeah, I, it's I, jr's I, I 50th got his point yeah. from a very like if he had just watched like a rant of mine like Five minutes ago, and then oh well, what about like okay, yeah, I understand that. But, but the like, big picture, we of also it all. yeah, we live in the real world. I have nothing at all against big manufacturers, um, which I've made very very clear yeah, yeah. Uh, several times. I definitely think that certain top twenty five lists, and there's really only one in particular, definitely skew towards just bigger manufacturers, and it seems to be the same bigger manufacturers constantly. Which was my point of that rant from a year or two ago, whenever it was. But if I'm doing 12 cigar releases as a retailer and trying to cover as many bases and as many of my customers as possible, like I can't just do 12, like, you know, micro breweries. Mm-hmm. Like we gotta, we no, gotta, I, and also this part of this 50th was celebrating like our employees, our customers, and also and a, a wide range of our manufacturing partners. JR wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Altidus USA, Rocky Patel, Oliva, Drew Estate, Who's kind of in that middle ground? Yeah, but you know, I love the work that Crown Heads and Foundation and Dunbarton are doing. But they're all relatively new. They're they're on the boutique side. Like we we gotta pay attention to the the mass premium. I don't like saying mass because that makes you think of mass market, which is like machine made cigars. But the mass premium consumer versus like we we gotta account for everybody. Yeah, and you. So you, that that guy's point. Like I I get it. Like if you want to be mad at me personally, but like this. This wasn't, and even if this was Nick's celebration of whatever, yeah. I still would have a mixture because this is not a rating thing. This is not about giving certain. Everybody was covered in this. Exactly. You know, everybody was covered. And you, the fans and audience won't see it, but you've put together, like, like you said, it's about the employees. Like you've, you know, you've put together like a really nice thing for us. You know, and even just talking to people, I don't even really hear like their company's doing that you know like 50 years is a big 
big celebration, yeah. big milestone, whether it's, you know, a marriage or a company being here. And like you said, the manufacturers play a big part in it, you know, and so do the fans and, and, yeah. and us, again, us I, employees. Yes. I have nothing against any big manufacturer ever. Rocky, Oliva, Alec Bradley, you know, and, and any of these guys. M- my point for that rant, which was a couple years ago, was that Oliva, Padron, and Fuente s- seem to be in the top five all you know, the year time. after yeah. year after year. And as much as I like those cigars, I mean, Oliva V. Melania, we did a 50th with, yeah. you know, Padron. With the sheer amount of cigars out there now, it's almost like an impossibility that that it could be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I even give credit to like like a half wheel who almost has no like we, when we do our top twenty five, we try to commit some rules. And when I say rules, I don't mean like oh we have to include this guy, we have to include this guy. But if five of our favorite cigars this year that we smoked a lot were all Rocky Patel or all yeah. Alec and Bradley, like, we can't put two. all five. Yeah. We can put one or half wheel doesn't do any of that, which I I respect because I think last year in they the top picked 25, one cigar they, from one brand. No, no, they don't. They just pick whatever their favorites are. Okay, yeah. Last year, I want to say they had like three or four Tatawahes in their top twenty five cigars of the year. Okay, which yeah. is fun. Like, they, yeah, you might not agree with like the system, but I think in terms of just truth. For them, that's their 100% truth, you know? Yeah. Because I don't think they get any Tatawai sponsorship money. I know that Davidoff used to be a big sponsor there. So I don't know how that works. Um, but that's their truth, man. And and we try to speak to our truth, but we got to, you know, we are not beholden, but we got to play a little more closer to the chest because we are a retailer. We work with all these guys. And, and again, Half Wheel, I don't think, like, cares specifically about this is going to sound weird. Not that they don't care about their viewers, but they don't care who's viewing them as long as people are viewing them. Yeah, it seems like they're doing it for them. Yeah, which is and great. And that's and, and, that. And which is, and which is, which is 100% what that website should be. Like, we're going to report on the news and the brands we pick, and that's fine. But they are not beholden to, like, oh, we got to make sure we do an Altus. we got to make sure we do this because... You know, we have a wide customer base, so we have to make sure everybody is covered, you know? Um, so, and listen, that guy, his opinion is valid. I'm never going to say anybody's opinion is not, and hopefully he'll read our retort and he'll he'll understand it. And if yeah. he wants to have an open dialogue about it, that's fine. Um, but just don't, don't come at us with a, with a place of anger. I've, I've, <laughs> we don't I've, have time I've for tried that. to, <laughs> we really don't have time for yeah. that. Not even that. I've tried yeah. to not show any kind of anger or hate, you know, like I don't want that kind of, you're very biased and people don't, I'm very not biased. Bi- not biased. I'm sorry. That's the wrong word. You're very fair. Um, you really are. And it's not just, but it's, but you also are 10 years in this business. So, yeah, you and know, also, and we do review, and we do talk about what we like, you know, and I know Greg has said that. And if there are certain things you may not see on here, maybe that that might be a sign or an indication. But for the most part, like the the back to back or the first two years of the top 25, it's a plethora of different cigars. So yeah. if you're a new person like me looking at top 25, I'm going to look at it and be like, and even now I'm like, oh, wait, I, I didn't even know that, like what that was or like, oh, that's good. Like, and it just it's a different variety when you see like maybe four like on a half wheel four different tatuajes i'd be like oh i know that they really like these guys maybe i'll just focus on them but for your guys top 25 you 
you try to hit like at least one in all the companies we we smoke. There might be like two crown heads or yeah, two that's, foundation. That's from, from the companies that we regularly smoke, we'll, we kind of try to yeah, yeah, we kind of try to pick our favorites out of those. But like, if, if we went by like the cigar I smoked the most this year, it was probably the Mother Church. Like I, yeah. I smoked probably two or three boxes full of Mother Church. And you don't go by um, what everyone else is like the the rumors or what everyone is saying. This is the cigar of the year. No. I've never heard you guys say, "Well, this well, we person said we that, and that person." We make our list way ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, we have to. Yeah, you know. But you're saying like, "Well, this this person." These three companies liked it, so maybe we should do it, so we can kind of fit in. It's you're not, you're kind of in the. We do ours same first. Ours usually wheel. comes yeah. out first. Yeah, late so December. Anyone, yeah, they're following us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ours comes in November, uh, late December, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's and the end of the year yeah, list. We're kind always of up for people's opinions or or questions. That's why every time we do a top five, I ask like, "Hey, did we miss one of your favorite of of this category? Let us know." Um, we're always up for suggestions. Um, and and trying new things and this is a mix of like stuff that we have to kind of talk about and advertise because it's it's for our company yeah and so that you know we like to talk about but not one of those is better than the other one nope if just because a cigar has not been in a top five do not make it seem like it's a bad cigar it might just not be my preference um, which is also why i don't like doing ratings at least in in my position because <laughs> It, it makes unless construction construction is just like if you have bad construction it's a bad cigar yeah. regardless but if it's good construction but like the flavor is not mine that's not for me to, to say because I don't like seafood does and bad, most people do you does know what bad I mean? construction go into like it cracking like down the road anything or no? with anything with with any kind of like physical performance if the ash doesn't burn right if the draw isn't right if it's Cracked, you gotta kind of. That might be you. That might be that the might weather. Have been the yeah. transportation. There's a lot of things. But if this thing just like burns crappily, you know, like really, and you keep fi- having to fix it, that's a construction issue. Okay, yeah. Um, which I've had with some of my favorite cigars. Sometimes when it's consistent, it's a problem. Yeah, I remember going back to the rating things. You told me when I first started writing, you're like, "This is you know, good article, but please try to avoid ratings." Yeah. And I was just like, why? And that's, you know, you gave me that answer. You're like, it's just, it just it's, don't do, like, leave it, leave it for other websites to do that. Like, yeah. and it's good. Like you gave a good template. I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass or anything, but you gave me a good, like you gave me like, here's an article, how I write it. And I pretty much mapped it out because you, it's very like, you gave it your own opinion, but you were, you're, you're not writing based on why Nick likes it. You're writing it based on why you should get it. <laughs> you yeah. know, you know here, what I'm saying? Like, here yeah. are the qualities of it that yeah. are good. I'm not going to like what people, some yeah. people get a cigar because it is 94 rated or it's, or it's, uh, it, you know, it's five out of 10 or uh, nine out of 10 somewhere, something yeah. of that when nature. It, when it comes down to it, like I said, except for construct and, and for me, construction is like bad customer service. Um, or like 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 bad like if you go to a restaurant, if the customer service was great and the food was like just not up my alley, but it was like good and it was hot and they gave you a good portion, like I'm not gonna shit talk that restaurant. It just wasn't it wasn't my bag. I, mean, I feel the same way about cigars. If it's not my bag, I, I, it's not my place to say that this cigar sucks. Yeah. You shouldn't buy it yeah. and take money out of the hands and, I and don't... start. But bad construction. That's kind of yeah. like. You know, oh, I went to this restaurant and, you know, they peed in my soup and then, you know, you spilled coffee and they told me to get the F out. Yeah. Like, that's that's just like, I, I will I, I never will talk understood about that. Um, 
I never understood Yelp reviews. And like if Yelp, if leaving a bad Yelp review has really ever gotten someone fired, like people get so like at the rocks off on like, I left a bad Yelp review. I have one. Have you left a bad Yelp review? I don't think I've, I, I left one bad Yelp review once on a car dealership and then they, they called me with, it was the only time I left a, uh, a Yelp review and I got a call back and I got the car for my price. But honestly, that was more just like playing the game, yeah, like, yeah. which unfortunately you have to. No, you do. Um, I don't know if that's but, a, And like playing the game with a car lease is different. Did than your like, dad tell you that? You gotta play the game, my dad. No, Pete told me that. Okay, Pete's, my dad's like, my, you gotta, you gotta play a game with these people. My I'm dad's, like, my roommate's dad basically like invented car leasing. Like, <laughs> was one of the innovators of like back in the '80s. Um, really? Yeah, with like Lamborghinis and Ferraris. Oh, like, really? He would Shit. Import them, and he would basically, you know, he was he would lease them out. That's funny. Um, no, but also car dealerships, like they're just folks. They're full of shitheads. Like they're, they're they are. Like like honestly, you can put this out if you want to. Like fuck them, because. <laughs> After all, like, listen, a salesman's a salesman. You walk into a Best Buy and a guy's like, hey, this is a good stereo, you know, fine. But a car dealership, like, they are, like, there's, they're never, ever genuine. No. Ever, ever, ever. And they keep having to, like, if, dude, you guys would yeah, sell and lease so many more cars if you, if just you stop pressing me. playing the game and just be like, listen, this is literally the price that we can give it for you and we still make money on it. Like, that's what, yeah. you know, they say like, oh, this is the price. I'm like, I know that's not the price. Yeah. I know it's I know, not the yeah. price. Yeah. I and I don't it. trust you at all. You know, you have to go to six different dealerships and, and work your little chessboard until you finally get it for like, yeah, this is how much I should be paying for this car. I need to learn the game because... One guy wanted me to, for my Hyundai Tucson I have right now, wanted me to pay four fifty a month. I'm like... I literally stood up and walked out, and then he's shouting new numbers at me, and I'm like, "That he was the one I wrote, I wrote the bad Yelp review on." And I and I then I called his manager, and I'm like, "This guy was an embarrassment." Yeah. You know, like he obviously, why? How am I gonna take him seriously? Where he's changing the number, screaming through the dealership as I'm walking out, and I'm like, "Dude, you know, I'm not some car whiz, but I know for a fact I'm not paying four fifty a month on a twenty six thousand dollar car. Like, yeah. Like, what are you trying? Are you trying to pull something over on me? Yeah, I'm like, that's that's an Audi. You can get us one of the smaller yeah. Audis for that price. You think we could pay that for a Hyundai Tucson? Like, get the fuck out of here. No. All right, that's enough of me today. I'm angry. Okay. But um, the new Rocky Patel, not it, new, but the Rocky Patel age limited and rare 50th. second edition JR fiftieth um, is available for sale now. These are going to move fast because the regular ones do. And like mm-hmm. I said. More, uh, more ba- not more bag for your buck, but definitely more accessible in the box of ten. And you said there's only five hundred boxes only available. Only five hundred so. made, so essentially that translates to like you know two hundred fifty boxes if they were regular ones. Okay, so, all right, yeah, which is not a big run at no. all. No, um, but uh, thank you very much, Chris, and yeah. we will see everyone soon. Yep. See ya.